time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for not This is the 255th episode of Two Blokes Talking Tech. And we are here on top of the Museum of Contemporary Art in Sydney, overlooking the most magnificent harbour in the earth, uh, Circular Quay, the Opera House, Sangrila Hotel. We are at an event we'll tell you about shortly. My name is Trevor Long from EFTM.com.au. Joined each and every week uh, over 255 episodes over many, many years by Stephen Fennick from TechGuide.com.au. G'day, mate. Good evening, Trevor. This is a bit of a posh setting for two blokes talking tech. We're, uh, <laughs> it's uh, right on the shores of the harbour and all these, it's beautiful. We go, we go wherever the free food and drinks is, let's be honest. <laughs> that's true, and the events as well. Yeah, no, so that's fine. If you're a PR company or a tech company organising an event, yeah. Wednesday night, we're there. Absolutely. <laughs> you got us. Um, so uh, we do it all. Thanks to good people at Netgear, netgear.com today. You will tell you more about them shortly here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, we are here at the Museum of Contemporary Art. It's a quite a common place for an event, I must say. Probably never 10 or 15 events yeah. here. Because yeah. um, uh, it's fancy and it's a beautiful view, let's be honest. But we're here with eBay and Maya. Now, I've got to say, coming into this, I tried, to, tried a lot of times to think about what it would be. Yeah. Uh, the what future of retail. What did you think it was? I assumed, I, I actually thought the smart move from Maya would be to just put all of their e-commerce on eBay. Yeah, I so just Maya.com.au is a brochure that directs to eBay because they have the best e-commerce backend, everything. It would have been a great partnership. I had a similar feeling myself, but the only thing I would have thought would have been you get a choice to pick up in the store. So say you shop online and then just pop into your nearest Maya and pick it up. And let's be clear, Maya sell on eBay already. There's an Maya official eBay account and that's where they sell stuff online. So they're already selling there, but I'm saying it could have been everything. But what it is, is an eBay virtual reality experience. So eBay Australia have created a virtual reality store and app that you can now use with your Gear VR or Google Cardboard or if you happen to buy, um, happen to be one of 20,000 people lucky to get a pair of Shopticles. Shopsticles. Shopsticles, Shopsticles. Um, from eBay. Got us by the Shopsticles. <laughs> <laughs> no short and curly, just Shopsticles. Um, so we've both had a try. You tried it on a Gear VR. I downloaded yeah. it directly to my phone and put the goggles on the, uh, the Google Cardboard. The concept is that it becomes a unique shopping experience for every individual. I've got to say, it, it really, at the moment, it feels like a, vi- a video game that you're taken through a journey and then you choose you choose your character and then you, then you play. The you get a bit dizzy. Oh, I, mate, VR doesn't work for me. It screws okay. with my head, really? okay? I don't okay. like it. Yeah, um, right. The PlayStation VR is amazing, but that's because yeah. of the resolution and a whole other things. But yeah. So the cardboard thing really does mess with my eyes. But I was able to go through it. You choose three categories to get started. I went um, electronics, menswear, and homewares or something. But then... Um, so then you're presented with this kind of matrix of product and you can kind of look around, zoom in on things. And the idea is you're longer, you're, you don't click, obviously. It's, it's just using your eyes. The longer you stare at something, it, it's like a click. And you click through and you click through for details. I clicked through and I was looking for the electronics. So I accidentally clicked on a skirt and then I went back to a... a <laughs> sure, a, a, are you yeah. sure? <laughs> uh, the, uh, then I went you to... You looked s- up the skirt, didn't you, virtually? Because <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. You can look around the product. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, no, I'm just saying the reason I said that oh. was because that's what you do. When you choose your item, you so, can look around it. So the corner of my eye was taken by a drone. I saw the drone, I, I clicked in on it, and I zoomed in. So and how, how do you go from drone to a skirt? Well, it was all, going on it was all in the same thing. Yeah, how yeah, they've right created now. a shop for me, I don't know. Okay. So anyway, the parrot, I could see the parrot rolling spider, so I clicked. Yeah. I, I looked at that, and then I looked at that, and I'm going, where's the buy button? I just want to buy this I, I thing. Don't, I don't think it was live yet. I no, think it, it is. is. So I had to look several live. times. I had to keep going, details, details. Had to keep digging in on it until I got to the final product page, looked down, and there was an add, yeah, to, was add a, to basket. your feet. So you add to basket, and then you've got to find the checkout button, and you've got to look all the way down at your but feet. That's if you want to check out straight away. For, you won't want well, to keep shopping. I get that. Yeah. But oh, this this gets to my overall experience yeah. here. You look down at, the, at your feet, you find the basket, you look at the basket, you go check out. And very wisely, it says you're not logged in. Take the take the phone out of the goggles, and then it takes you to a website. You log in and do all those things. You should do that before you put the goggles in. Yeah. Obviously, the next time I use it, it'll know yeah. who I am. But here's my thing. So, so I get it. It's, it's meant to be a very seamless walkthrough experience. Yeah. But... I did it on the Gear VR. It was a bit smoother, I found, on the VR. But the process yeah. is still the same. Yes. You know, the, the clicking through the process. And I worry that it's too many steps to get something. And I, mm. I worry that it's also not a Maya virtual it experience. It was a long intro, too. The intro went for a little while, yeah. But, and so let's give them that. Let's give them that. You'd only yeah. ever see that once, right? Yeah, maybe, yeah. But if I want a Maya virtual store... I want to. I want to go. Okay. I want to just look at the store, and I want to kind of wander. I want to like lean forward to go wandering down the aisle, and then look left to see the suits, look right to yeah. see the pants, and whatever. I don't know that I want it curated for me. Now, in theory, it's going to be smart enough that that uh, it won't it won't need us to to tell it what to do, and it'll it'll know learn so much about us that it'll become a a real store for us. Yeah, I think. Look, you got to remember this is the first attempt. Yeah. And and I'm impressed at the at the first go, and. I quite like the fact that, you, you, like imagine, we're all standing around here and doing our best. You imagine yourself at home, sitting in a comfortable chair, at your leisure, looking through the items. Yeah. And the, the fact that it's engineered in such a way where you're just looking at stuff. You're not, you're not clicking on anything uh, and allows you, when you choose your item, that's why I said earlier, where you can, you can once you get the item in front of you, you can then turn your head around and spin it 360 degrees. Yeah, not not quite like the, the problem with two, the two-dimensional online shopping experience is that it's just that it's two-dimensional, and you you still can't touch and feel it. But this is a step closer to being able to do that. And the fact that it was, it 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 allowed you then to look at one item. I was surprised when looking at like I looked at a shirt, for example. I was surprised that it never tr- recommended other items that could go with it. So, like to try a to, or a to pair try of pants, to upsell yeah. me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So maybe that's on the next version. I don't know. But, but here's the thing, right? You just said it's you know it's a different experience. But mate, and they they talked about the different types of e-commerce. I don't know why I would choose to put a pair of goggles on and do that rather than just use the most. But the, the eBay mobile app is it's outstanding, yeah, it's good, yeah. right? It's a be, it's it's better than their website yeah. by a country mile, right? Yeah. So why would I put goggles on? I've got to go and get my goggles, find my goggles, go in, rather than just going, I want menswear and, and shopping for this it. This is obviously something you do on your own. Publicity. Because you look like a goose doing it in public. Oh, okay? no, and I, I'm glad you, you did look, it first and, and thank, I got photos. Thanks for thanks tweeting. Thanks for tweeting Twitter, at Trevor Long. You can see yeah, photos of Stephen you. looking great. Th- thanks for the non-tag as well. Uh, but I think that, you know, is, is this a gimmick? Is it, yes. is it the start of... A more refined experience, though. Like, As I said earlier, I think, imagine, imagine the experience, right? Imagine the experience when you could, 
virtually look through a rack or try something on or yeah. something like that. Like that, that's that's virtual that's reality. Heading. That's virtual that's reality. That's virtual reality. This said, is a 360 video. As I said to you earlier, yeah. this is if you want a virtual reality experience, Myra have done a great job here because you could sit in this thing for 10 minutes and not see a single employee and take yeah. forever to find a <laughs> checkout. <laughs> Were you looking for staff and no one came? <laughs> Where you couldn't find the checkout? Great feedback for Maya. Hello. <laughs> Look, I, I I get in my view, it's a publicity stunt that's fantastic, and they yeah. will get some traction through it. But critically, take that away and listen to their chief marketing officer who spoke earlier. Yeah. He he's he sounded genuinely keen Absolutely. on feedback, right? Well, so be, yeah. I think the great thing here is with us because it will be a small sample size of people using it yeah. out of the, their whole eBay population yeah. it's quite likely they'll get really good analytics out of it you know what yeah. are people looking at what are people doing and, and refine the experience quickly yeah. um, based on that but he did also mention another portion of it was uh, social shopping he mentioned I think the example that was interesting yeah the example he gave was like you know okay my, my wife is going to be sitting in Sydney she's going to shop in an overseas store with her sister who lives in Vancouver yeah. that I think has merit as well like social shopping with like you would in in real life this is a million miles from that though well it is but you go shopping with the girlfriend much oh uh, no i don't my <laughs> wife my, my wife gets upset when i do that but uh, <laughs> the uh but look it, it, you can you can see they're laying the tracks the tracks are going off into the horizon and this look, is this is the first station and remember there's always something you like that little analogy yeah, yeah, there's always the something good about being first because then, in five years from now, we'll all say, remember, eBay were the first to do that with yes. Maya. It doesn't matter who does exactly it next. Right. Yeah, eBay exactly and Maya right. were first. And, and a world first, we should add, too. Developed yes. in Australia. Yes. No, no, eBay in Australia led this project world first. And the reason for that is we're a very tech-savvy nation. We're second-highest smartphone penetration we in the world. we hear that a lot from people. Say, they, they say they we're use Australia and New Zealand as test markets. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Love our tech. All right, you can uh, read all about these uh, wonderful innovations as we get the stories up later at uh, techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, you know I'm a fan of 4K, Trevor. Really? I think uh, it uh, takes a genius to work that out. And uh, I was very excited to connect my first, my Samsung 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray player to firstly my TV, my LG 65-inch UHD television, and then, of course, into my home theatre system. The Tech Guide home theatre. That's right. and uh, Which has been newly renovated. New speaker been, system, yep. new amp, new everything. New, everything. new 4K Sony projector. It's big. It's Because you've, you've got it. And I'm not, I'm, not, um, I'm not trying to make you sound like you've got this you know, huge thing. This, you're, you're just an average person it's who my, loves, yeah, bloody loves mini cinemas. Yes, and when you built your house, I'm tipping, and I, I've been to your house, I'm tipping on the, on the plan that was a garage. It was a garage. And, and because, and of, the, the layout of, because yes. of the layout of your, your, your land, you, you went, well, that's... Let's just make yeah. that a theatre. Yep. And so, it, you, look, you had you had seats there that I'm skipping were there for years. So you've you've gone through this regeneration yeah. of it, right? You've got new seats now. You haven't exactly. seen you haven't seen the new ones. So you, you've re you've rebuilt the theatre with newer yes. technology. Yes, I And have. then you plug in the latest 4K ultra yes. high definition Blu-ray player, and, and you put a movie on. And well, well, wasn't that smooth? Unfortunately, I did get an error message, which I'm thinking. I read the error message. Said the display slash HDMI port is not compatible with HDCP 2.2, either change the display device or try a different port. In other, lang- in other language, computer says no. That's right. And I'm thinking, 
what the hell's going on here? Like this system I'm is tipping. Those are not the words you use. <laughs> well, I did feel a, a sudden sort of feeling in my like a like a, in the pit of my stomach. I'm thinking the reason I built this room and repurposed, refurbished it was to watch 4K. So I I, I got I, I did a lot of homework about what this HDCP 2.2 is, and it turns out it's a copyright technology that prevents people from simply plugging a 4K player into a Blu-ray recorder and ripping off a movie. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. so well, it's created this 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 uh, HTC, this codec, so that it creates this digital handshake yep. between the player, the receiver. It's a proof of ownership from the disc all yeah, the way well, through to the screen. Okay, we're, we're yeah. So all these compliant products. So even the soundbar. So soundbar, so, AV receiver, so, projector. So the, TV. so the company that made the movie, um, Fox Studios, yeah. um, they've sold you. You've paid fifty bucks for a movie. They know that all the way through, whether it goes from Blu-ray to through a cable to an amplifier, through a cable to a projector to, to a screen, yeah. they know that every part of that is compliant, and you're not recording the movie for redistribution. It's 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 that, copyright exactly protection. Right. Exactly right. But the worrying thing is, and as I dug a bit further before I wrote this story, was the fact that if you were to purchase, if you had to be one of the first people, an early adopter to buy one of the first 4K TVs in the market, like 2013, 14, right? Some of those TVs are not compliant to HDCP 2.2. So you'd be sitting there, you probably spent $10,000 on a nice TV, and then you finally see this 4K content arrive, the player's there, the movies are there, and then nothing. Gone. So... Firmware update? Well, no, that, that, that's that's the thing. It's a hardware issue. So it's actually built into the HDMI ports. It's not firmware upgradable, which even is even more alarming because you're you've got a you've suddenly got a lemon that you can't watch 4K. You can stream 4K, okay. but you so, can't then watch off a disc. So we'll talk about your situation in a minute, but so let's say I'm Trevor, I bought a 2011, 2012 4K 55-inch TV. It was, it was a lot of money back then, and I've just bought the Samsung Blu-ray player. We'll talk about that in a minute. And I get the error. Well, what, what's my option? Is there anything well, I can do? You can buy a new television. Wow, that's that's that, it. That is it. There's not a, there's an adapter. No, there's no adapter. Oh, there is. Look, I researched that as well. There is a product called the HD Fury, which is a HDMI splitter that can play HDCP on non-compatible HDCP devices. I was a one click away from buying it on Amazon. But that product is being lobbied right now to be made illegal because For Intel- the very reason I just mentioned. Well, exactly. Well, Intel is the company that came up with HDCP and all the studios, of course, they don't want a product that can get around this really complex copyright protection. So if you are in that situation, buy it now before they get banned. But my situation on my TV and look if you bought a TV in the last couple of years you're good there's usually one port look on the back of your TV there'll be one port that says HDCP 2.2 that's what that that means it's compliant now I I was SHITing myself that it was my projector which is which is not a cheap projector projector, right so I, I went through the specs and the very last line said HDMI port 2 is compatible with HDCP. So you ran up on the, you quickly whoa, check and you okay. check the, check the cable. It was, a, it was a Toyota, whoa, what a feeling moment. Switched the cable around, so went from HDMI port one, switched it to two, put it on, nothing. Error, error still. So I was narrowing down the suspect. Turns out it was the receiver. 
which you've got an amplifier receiver. So you've got a you've got a Blu-ray player, then then a receiver which distributes the signal to the to the sound and everything up to the up to the projector. Right. Okay. Yeah. You you can it can direct 4K video my my receiver and and then tell the speakers what to do. So that's a recent purchase though. So what and if it's a hardware issue, what do you do? Well, the company and I won't name them now because I am writing a big review of this. So I'm not going to name them now. There is a hardware solution they claim that they can have a hardware update. So I'm awaiting that. But in the meantime, I'm thinking, how the hell am I going to watch 4K Blu-ray in my theatre? And I looked at the back of the player, which you'll talk about in a sec. There are two HDMI ports on the back. There are two HDMI outputs. Now, the receiver is for audio. Oh, so you've been able to put the audio out into, into the receiver a video. So you and, a, and, a video issue. and go directly from the video of the, so, of the Blu-ray into the projector. So the big, you know, where my projector is in my theatre, it's a 15-metre cable that comes into the back of the receiver. So I've taken the HDMI out of the back of the receiver, plugged it into the main HDMI port on the Samsung yep. player, connected the secondary HDMI, which for, is for audio, to HDMI port 1 for the where the Blu-ray was. And Mate, it you know, if you had a rung me on uh, 131332 on uh, TUE on yeah, the weekend, yeah. I would have been able to help you with that. It was like, I, I remember I, I discovered this solution. It was a Sunday night, and I was thinking, it works. It was like I discovered plutonium. <laughs> Joe, my wife, runs in and she says, What, did you fix it? I went, Yeah, and I explained it to her. She goes, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> So it was, uh, yeah. it was honestly, it was, and I'm look, thinking, wow. I, I know this sounds a little self-indulgent, we're talking about your situation, but this is, and again, it's a bit egotistical, this is how we discover the fixes and the problems that we help people with on the radio, it's right? It's a good bet that I'm, not, I'm not, that I'm not the only person with a home theatre who's going to have this issue. And, it was the and same. that's the reason why there's two HDMI ports. That's right. And it was the same for me with things like, you know, um, 9HD and all the MPEG-4 stuff. Yeah. As soon as I worked out what that was, mate, that was we three week, three weekends worth of conversations on the Talkback yeah, Radio. So, right. so the good news is you got it working. And, and the even better news is you've, you've hooked up a Samsung 4K Blu-ray player up. Now, Panasonic, Panasonic were first to announce one, but not coming until September. Good luck yeah. with that. We've both got the, uh, the K8500 now. It's... Um, I plugged mine into the same TV as you, the LG 65-inch yep. 2015 yep. L, uh, uh, LED. Yep. Um, and I, look, I don't watch a lot of movies, I'll be honest. Um, it's probably... I, I don't remember last time I watched a Blu-ray, right? Yep. So I've plugged it in. Uh, everyone's gone to bed. My wife's out. I've turned the lights off. I've watched Ooh, The Revenant. A night on your own. Well, I thought I need to really get the you know the cinema thing. And I watched that on That was the most really. ridiculously boring movie I've ever watched oh, in my life. I, I have it. no interest in the. I, I read it. your review today, and we'll talk I about loved that. It. But I have no interest in the storyline. <laughs> but the cinema. I, I and, it but, was a Formula uh, One movie. You'd as, be all over. Yeah, yeah. As someone who appreciates cinematography and all the different things, it was spectacular. Right now, I, I was captivated. I watched the entire movie right there and then because I felt overwhelmingly amazed by the quality right just just blew me away the quality two things firstly it made me appreciate oled even more because in a dark room all i all i was seeing you know the the white titles that come up for the subtitles when they're speaking another language that just brings the gray on in the screen you know especially in the pillar box it was it was quite amazing to me to appreciate how much oled would make a difference to that movie and that viewing experience secondly the next night i put the x-men in Blu-ray you on got the, the X-Men movie too on yeah, 4K. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I've got to contact my con my people at Fox. I, I haven't watched it yet. I just put it on and watched. Oh, did you get that watched, from Fox or from Samsung? Sent you that? Samsung. Oh, okay. I'll um, be on the phone in the morning. <laughs> so I put the I put the Blu-ray because with these discs you get a digital download, the Blu-ray, and the ultra high definition Blu-ray. So I put the Blu-ray in the Xbox. 
PS, after the Xbox did a 300 gigabyte update, you know, it took two hours, <laughs> I was able to watch a Blu-ray for Christ's yeah. sake. Anyway, so Blu-ray in the Xbox, ultra high definition in the Samsung, and I fast forwarded about six chapters in, so I was kind of getting into action. And I watched them both interchanging. Yeah. After a while, I'll be honest, I couldn't tell which was which. Okay. Because, again, I don't watch a lot of movies, right? Yeah. The Blu-ray was I a lot brighter. A lot brighter, and I yeah. think that's because the yeah, ultra high it's definition. Also, the player though, the player. No, no, yeah. but the ultra high definition is HDR enabled. The disc yeah. is HDR shot. If you had a 2016 TV that had it's HDR, I'm tipping it would have looked magnificent. So what I did, I played around with the picture settings of the TV a bit to get a better pop of the picture. And again, picture is a very subjective thing. I think some people would choose game over cinema over. Yeah. You know the different settings. So, but well, without I, question, I also reviewed, you could I also see you could it. see the pause on people's faces. It was phenomenal. Well, it, it was it was. I said in my review on on Tech Guide, I said that they couldn't have picked a better movie to showcase 4K. I, I agree. The director won an Oscar. The cinematographer won an Oscar. Leonardo DiCaprio won an Oscar. Brilliant performances. Cinematography was magnificent, and it. The, in the in the film itself, like the the setting really lent itself to 4K because you could see the texture on the trees and the the snowflakes and all the, the grit. The, on actually, their faces. the in, yeah, I was going to say the individuals yeah. with the you think oh, about the the, the, the skin amazing. from the bear yeah. and all the just oh, yeah, the the, the, the close-ups yeah. were the best part of that. Yeah. So look, overall, I got to say, for someone who loves, I'm tipping Stephen Fennick, five hundred ninety-nine dollars, yeah. absolutely brilliant yeah. investment for me. I'm probably waiting for the price to come down before I buy one, but without question, I want one. Absolutely. So I think it depends on where you are on the cinema. If you've got a library of Blu-rays, yeah. this is for you. Well, it'll upscale them too. It does a good yes. job in the upscaling as well. Like I played a lot of Blu-rays on it, and I I got a lot of movies that I know really well. And I'm not talking just Star Wars. There's other reference movies I've got <laughs> that I know really well, and I did notice a bit of an uptick in quality. But look, watching 4K, and I'm watching them on on a 150-inch screen through the projector. It was breathtaking. Like, and, and I remember having so sharp. My wife didn't watch the whole movie with me, but I said, "Can you see that? Can you do that?" And, and she went, "Not really." Like, she couldn't tell the difference. I could. I've got an eye. Like, and people who build home theaters have got that eye that can say, "Yeah, I can tell the difference of that." And I could. It was brilliant. And I think that they're the people that this is aimed at. Five ninety nine. That's who it's aimed at. Yeah. When it comes down in price, it's aimed at everyone. So, but it's a great product. Exactly right. Not everyone's um, going to buy the four K version of the Revenant. Stephen's yeah. written a great review of the of the four K Revenant showing on the Samsung player. I've written my Samsung review at eftm.com.au uh, and techguide.com.au. So uh, two nights, two nights in a row, mate. We've uh, we've been together. Um, what's, what's going on? Um, more than my wife. <laughs> yeah. and she's very happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> so last night we were in the city for the uh, the launch of the Huawei Mate 8. Now uh, I've got it in my bag here. Um, this is uh, this is a follow-on from a very successful product, uh, the Mate 7. Which the Mate, the Mate, Mate 7. I remember the Mate 7 specifically because of the fingerprint reader. It had the best fingerprint reader at the time because you didn't need to click. You didn't need to click. You just t- touched and it did it. Now there's a couple of companies doing that now, but. They've, in, they've got that still, but bottom line, the Mate 8 is a huge phone, 6-inch screen, uh, full HD, not 4K or, or F, you know, HD or whatever, the hell, quad HD. So it's full, full HD, HD, but it's, yeah, yeah. But it's beautiful, like a solid, but, beautiful screen. That big screen, though, is brilliant, but it's also got a very high uh, screen-to-body ratio. It's like it's 85%, so it's a 6-inch screen, but it doesn't feel like a 6-inch screen. And and it feels really snappy. I have, we've only had it for a, for a night, basically, yeah. but yeah. it's going to launch uh, May 24 next week yeah. uh, through Vodafone on a plan and through JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, all phones, all phones. and the Huawei Experience Zones in some shopping centres for $8.99. Um, 
Oh, I'm still, I've been mulling on the price thing for a while now. Um, I still think, we talked about this on the night, I still think $7.99 would be a better place for yeah. it to be because I think it's a real, it's it's hard for Huawei to stand out if they're, if they're standing close to the others. You've got to stand away and wave and I think the price yeah. would have made them wave. Well, I think we've seen other examples recently like the LG G5, the HCC 10, where they've priced themselves over $1,000 and let's, you know, yeah, there are some features on those devices that maybe warrant that higher price, but $300 extra or $200 extra, I don't know my maths, but uh, I think Huawei keeping it under 1000 and I agree with you, 799 would have been really in the sweet spot. And, and the reason we, we talked about the price a bit was because of the, the P9, um, which yeah. is coming out so, soon. And that will be the flagship, won't it? Well, I, I now get the sense that's going to be 899 or or, or 999 because I think they're going to say that is flagship and therefore more expensive than the Mate 8. Yeah. So I'd like that to be a 699 phone because I think it would yeah. be unbelievable. But anyway, the Mate 8 is available next week. Um, I think people who love a big screen phone should absolutely look at it. Six inches, baby. Mate. The screen. Um, yeah. and, um, 16 megapixel camera. Yep. Two-day battery life. Yeah. I'm looking forward to testing that. It has been going pretty well so far. Yeah. Uh, so and the fast charging, I think you can get. I think after Not an as hour, fast as a, like a yeah, uh, Vuk with the with the, the HCC or the um, yeah. Oppo. But for two um, days, you reckon they could get two days out of this thing? I don't know. I don't think so either. But uh, uh, look, it's a four thousand milliamp hour battery for a start. Remember, which it is, is way but it, bigger. But it is only full HD as well, right? So it's less True. pixels to power. Plus the processor, which is an octa-core processor, their very own silicon, apparently the Kirin, whatever it's they, called. They downplayed that. I thought that was yeah, a big that's deal. Their own, that's their own silicon. So. That in itself is going to help sort of the energy management. In my use today, it told me alerts popping up saying this app's using a lot of power. Do you want to turn it off? Uh, you know, this is running. Do you want to do you want to switch this off or go do this? Turn that off in the background. So it was sort of keeping you abreast of what's happening on your phone. It even told you when when I closed one app down, it said you've now got this much memory available, this much RAM. So it was really. I keeping was getting that with the Oppo as well. So I wonder if that's an Android thing as well coming maybe, through. But maybe part of Marshmallow. Anyway, um, read details with the Mate Eight. Now, full reviews will be in the next few few days or week on techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au for more information about their uh, routers and home surveillance products like the Arlo. The Arlo Q is, is uh, their latest product. Uh, continuous 24-7 recording is probably one of the greatest features of the Arlo Q. So imagine a small business or even just your front door. You can have this thing pointed at the front door. It's a wired-powered camera, so there's no battery issues with continuously recording. It also alerts you on motion and sends alerts, but critically, it will record 24-7, so you can actually scrub back through through time and see what was happening at any point in time. The Arlo Q, a great addition to the Arlo range of smart home security cameras from Netgear. Check them out at netgear.com.au. Now, I love my drone. Um, I love flying my drone. I've done a couple of live broadcasts from the drone. You can YouTube live stream. Um, the problem with that is often you, you start the stream and then you've got to somehow share the stream and you've got to go out of the app and it's a bit more complicated. Good if you had a million followers and they want to just you know get your, your, your YouTube um, alerts. But for me, it's more social. Um, but this last week, uh, Periscope, the Twitter-owned live broadcasting app, announced that the drone, your Phantom drone, could be the camera for your Periscope live feed. Now, I thought, that's cool, right? Yeah. Because I, I love doing a Periscope now and then. You love pervert on the neighbours and weddings <laughs> and stuff like that. Is that right? Is that what we're going to get? Or? <sighs> I love Periscoping just things that I see. 
Um, but no, no, often the best periscopes are just like touristy things, so beautiful, um, you know, seascapes, landscapes. So I took my drone over to, um, I don't know, Northern Beaches, Clavelli. And Clavelli is in the east of No, no, it was Coogee. No, 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 no. Okay, Narrabeen. geography at school. What's near Narrabeen? Cool, cool. No, Narrabeen, up near Narrabeen. Narrabeen, D-Y. No, yeah, in between there. There's one that starts with C. Uh, not ta- Tamarama's wow, in the eastern really suburbs. Annoying. Anyway, Long Reef Golf Club is there because I was there yeah. uh, overlooking that. So anyway, we went up and I started the Periscope live stream. Unbelievable! All these people tuning in and going, "Wow, that's amazing!" Because it's beautiful. They're looking at the yeah. they're looking at the ocean. They're looking at the cliff. Yeah. They're looking at the beach. They're looking at the golf course. I didn't fly around. What time I just, of day was this? Middle of the day. Okay. Yeah, most people are going, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm self-employed. I can do whatever I want." <laughs> anyway, so so I'm up in the air flying around. And then here's the thing: I've got controls on the drone that allow me to kind of flick the camera down and up. Yep. As soon as you do any of those, it wants to go into the DJI app. You go to the DJI app, you lose the Periscope broadcast. Whoops. But here's where it gets really scary. You're flying around. You go. How long have I been flying for? How how, how much battery have I got left? Have I got still a GPS signal? It does it because uh, you're, you're not in the, the you're DJI not in the DJI app. You're in the Periscope app. I couldn't give a rat's ass what the comments are people, from people. <laughs> oh, I don't know how much battery I've got left. It's gonna drop in the ocean. So yes, I was absolutely yeah, yeah. crapping myself. So I, you, I can't you set it on the DJI app to return home and when it gets low battery? I never want to have to have that happen. I want to be in control of when it's coming home, but it's baby. it's possible to do that. So It does yeah. that by default, yes. but I do not want that fear, right? right, right. Especially when you're over the ocean. Yes. So look, I love the idea of live broadcasting a drone, but I need a solution where I can both see my DJI uh, interface and then just output that to, to Periscope. Could you run two devices at the same time? I don't think you can plug a second device into the, into the drone controller, so no, so that's the challenge. You can't connect, uh, so you can't, because before you could connect by Bluetooth, now you're going yeah, to have but a physical not, connection. Yeah, right? yeah, the physical connection is, is the way the video comes into the device. So, look, I love it. You'll probably see a lot more uh, Periscope drones, but from much more qualified. Yeah. And, and some footage by the sound of it, you're going to see them crashing into the ocean and because yeah. they're not going to be seeing their battery levels. That's that. That's my if main concern. they haven't concern. set the safety parameters, yes, right? exactly. So, anyway, a great little thing. I'll probably do a couple of them over the next few weeks because it's a bit of fun. Uh, you can read about that at eftm.com.au. Well, the taxi industry seems uh, a little under siege at the moment. You would you would agree with uh, ride sharing, you know, things yep. like Uber. So it, it was, I think, important for them to come up with something uh, to try to bring them back to the game, to, to make them more competitive. And what's happened is uh, Ingogo, which is an existing taxi booking app uh, platform, which is you can look it on a browser, you can look it on Android app and on an iPhone app. They've, uh, the, the, you could already book a taxi, view it on a map coming towards you, contact the driver if you had to. That already existed. You can link, you can link, you, you can link, <laughs> thanks for ordering for me. You can link your credit card so that it's a really seamless experience. I had to, I had to order exists. for you, otherwise he would have talked and he'd be exactly a third bloke right. talking it would have on been, tech. It very rarely happens. So what, the, what Ingogo has introduced this week is a new feature that allows you to do all what I just discussed. Thank you. And uh, it allows you now to, once you set your ride details, so your destination, uh, number of passengers, all that sort of stuff, it now gives you a fixed fare price. So rather than you just getting in the cab and just hoping the bloke finds his way home, or woman finds their way home, hope they don't take you the long way, 
now there's certainty on what you're going to pay before the cab even arrives. And it's very useful for people who know what it costs. Like a lot of people do travel the same kind of relative uh, distance and know that it's an, on average it's a $30 yeah. fare. So if it was locked in at 32 I'm going to go with it, right? Absolutely. And what's interesting to me here is while I'm a massive fan of Uber, I do think that it's not probably not long, maybe two years before Uber basically abandons the taxi industry, right? So you can currently Uber a taxi. But they will, they will get rid of that and just have Uber, Uber, Uber X, Uber Black and all those kind of things. So the taxis are not part of the, the whole thing. In Go, Go, Go Catch, those kind of things are the future of the taxi industry, right? So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good thing. I don't think it's... Uh, groundbreaking. I don't think it's revolutionary. I think it's just a great new feature that's going to draw people to Ingogo. It is, and it just takes that uncertainty out of the journey for some customers. So they think, okay, I know what I'm up for. Don't need to be panicking looking at the meter. Yeah. They know going in what they're up for. And I think it keeps them keeps them in the game, keeps them relevant because, you know, you'd agree that Uber's, Uber's, they've got their app and they've got these, these new customers, especially younger people sort of think, well, Uber's my, my way. Taxi is still, I think, favoured by older users who who want that, you know, they want a driver, a professional driver, they want someone who's got a, tra- a proper taxi licence and all the insurance in place. So What Ingogo needs are those taxi drivers upselling or, or telling those older older passengers about yeah. apps like Ingogo because then yeah. there'll be a trust built. They Absolutely. won't just feel like it's some dodgy app, you know, and yeah. those kind of stuff. So, so interesting times. Ingogo's been around a while, so this yeah. is a, a cool new feature. All right, and details are at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, quickly before we get to your minute reviews, um, I got a very interesting press release this week, which I, I nearly deleted. You know, a lot of the press releases you get, you go, no, thank you very much. Laws of I Cricket can tell, app. Just, uh, for, just a little tip for our PR friends. Yeah. I can tell if I'm going to keep an email within the 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. 10 seconds, I know if I'm going to keep that email or not. Yep. Just letting you know. Oh, no, totally. I, and you know what? I agree. And we're happy <laughs> for a small fee to come to your business yeah. and, and consult on that. Right? Absolutely. Two blokes talking email from PRs, right? Um, uh, no, it's, it's not a high fee. It's you know just <laughs> but get in touch. You've got our addresses. Um, so this one was, and you know you know why this got me. I tell why you, is that, Trevor? It was from I know Chris you're Smith. such a sporting person. It was from Chris Smith. Yeah, I thought it was from Chris Smith for 2GB <laughs> as well. I'm thinking, what the hell is he doing? So, so that was what made me read it. It's stupid. Yeah. But anyway, so the laws of cricket. And then I read it a little bit and I thought, oh, I don't really want to, I want to read an app about this. you know, Because the laws of cricket, I've, I've read their rugby league rules and stuff. They're in just yeah. a book of words, right? Yeah. You're a referee in your part-time, eh? is that right? In your spare time? No, I used to produce one of the most successful rugby league Did radio programs. And I used to have to look up the rules. And it's still going on, this program. I used to have to look up rules because I didn't know them, you know. But anyway, so cricket rules. I, I didn't know that the MCC, the the, the cricket club based Marrow at Lords, cricket club, yeah. uh, owned. They, they they are the owners of the copyright for the laws right. of cricket. Until they were taken over and controlled by the ICC, they're still the copyright yeah. owners. So, yeah. th- but what they've done is not produce an app that just has the words in it. They've produced an app that has quizzes in it and animations. Now I've got to tell you, the animations are brilliant. And when I played with the app for a bit, I realised this is good because kids learning I can't teach my son cricket but if he's interested yeah. my son would look at every video yeah. he would do the quiz if if I've, I've had to you know not coach the soccer team but I've certainly had to get involved I don't know the rules so if you're coaching the kids cricket team great idea That's and the, the animations they're not videos of you know Michael Clark they're yeah. just fun little cartoons narrated by Stephen Fry now that oh, that funny. in it of itself makes it cool because yeah, yeah. it's a really nice dry he delivery. Does a lot of works Stephen Fry, doesn't he? He, 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 he narrates he narrates all the Harry Potter books on Audible. On Audible, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but, and then the wow. quiz, a beginner, intermediate, and advanced. Very good quizzes to get you through to. How'd you go? Did you two questions, wrong. Um, I struggled. I just gave up after that point. But my point is, a great little app, easy to download, yeah. Android and iOS, called the Laws of Cricket. Mate, here's the tip: it's going to be massive in India. Okay. 
They love get it cricket. India. They, love, they love cricket. That's what. I, that's right. If you, you have you ever been to India, get this app. India. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, it's available in the iOS and Google Play Store for um, called the Laws of Cricket and details are at eftm.com.au. Ooh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> anyway. Well, you've how, many, how many Cokes have you drunk during the show? Mate? Yeah, that two. I don't have to go to the bathroom. Two soon. just during the show. <laughs> um, we've had great service because we did park ourselves right next to the bar. Yeah, and they and keep asking us if you want drinks yeah, yeah, and food. Anyway, uh, Stephen's Minute Reviews here, and we're going to kick it off with a reversible cable. I feel like we've talked about this before. Well, now, this is a different reversible cable. Is it from the same SimTech it, it is, yeah. SimTechTech.com, yeah. right? They've, this is a new cable that is reversible at either end. Uh, the first one they was was reversible at the micro USB end. Now it's reversible at both ends. Now, now, the last, honest, the right, last one was good for idiots. This one's for good for double idiots. That's right. <laughs> so just and everyone can relate to this. How many times you try to put a USB in? It was the wrong way around. Yeah. How do you find you just struggle to find a, the hole? It's a fi- <laughs> sometimes that's okay. But anyway, we we digress. But how many times you? It's a 50-50 shot, and you've got it wrong. And then and then. <laughs> I'm talking about the cable still. <laughs> and then you try to put the micro USB portion in, into the uh, into the very small plug, and you get that wrong as well. And, you know, darling, wrong hole, wrong, wrong way. So, <laughs> so what XL has come up with, simtechtech.com, that is their website. They've come up with a cable that allows you to insert it any way you want. And if there's kids in the car, we're just talking about the cables. The cable really hard to use. can be put in any way the you lightning like. lightning connector on an, on an iPhone is yes. the most ingenious thing because well, it's fully reversible. It's easy to do in the I've dark. Newsflash, they've got a lightning version as well. Yes, you can insert that in the dark as well. So they have a version for that. And they've so also you don't got have it upside speed. down because there's no hole up there. That's right. <laughs> so... The ca- you're covered either end. You're covered. <laughs> you're covered with an iPhone or an Android Lightning micro USB. And at the at the bigger end, with the bigger plug, the USB that goes in either way. So it's no 50/50 shot. It will work every time. It's eighteen dollars from SimTechTech.com. And the details are at TechGuide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Okay, let's keep this on track here, Stephen. The Arcam uh, Music Booth. Yeah, now this is a really cool product. If you're an audiophile and you've got an iPhone, you want to hear better quality out of your phone, well, the Arcam Music Boost is just the thing you need. Now, did you know that an iPhone is restricted to playing 16-bit music? I was not aware of that. Well, with the Arcam Music Boost, you can you can bring that up to 24-bit, which is actually 250 times better resolution audio resolution using this Music Boost. So but it's kind of like the B&O uh, Play thing for uh, LG yeah, the G5. Correct. But with this, though, you know, you're listening to a lot of music is going to have an impact on your battery. So what they've done with the Music Boost is they've built a battery into it. So it's like a battery sleeve. Yep. So it's got a battery, so you've got that additional power. It's got the uh, the audio, the, so the DAC, the DAC, the digital audio converter, and it's also a case. It's a sturdy case as well. So battery tick, higher audio quality tick, a sturdy case to protect your iPhone tick. So iPhone six and six S, 
if you're a, if you're a music fan and you want to hear your music in high quality, you can download 24-bit music, but it will also upscale your existing music on your device as well. So if you're a music fan, you don't want to kill your battery and you want to protect your phone, the Arcam Music Boost, it's available from Advanced Audio Australia and it's $299. Details at techguide.com.au. Dirty, filthy cables. Uh, anyway, that is uh, episode. Never put it in wrong again. <laughs> Stop it! That is episode 255 of Two Blokes Talking Tech here from the Museum of Contemporary Art rooftop, overlooking the yes. most magnificent harbour on earth. Um, I've never been in an event long enough for them to basically kick us out, but I feel like because they're handing out the goodie bags, they really want everyone to leave. Exactly. Is that what they're doing? Is that what they are? Yeah. I okay. So they're going to be a shopstickle in there too. Yeah, so we've already stolen one each. So we've got one each already. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're going to have anyway, two now. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, I don't know where we'll be next week, but if if we're not there an event, we event. will be. There is an event. I think. Is there? I just c- I if not, we will be is. at the Tech Guide Home Theatre testing out those new new seats and Absolutely. watching a little bit of the Revenant or Star. Well, no, not Star Wars, not in 4K. Anyway, two blokes talking tech. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Jump on iTunes. Give us a rating review. It's always appreciated. Thanks for listening. Thanks to netgear.com.au for their support. We'll be back next week. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long.